Don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Don't a mic. This is God Nostalgia. Don't a mic. Don't don't a mic. Welcome to Growth Nostalgia, a podcast where we share our journeys, our struggles, our wins, and our dreams. I'm your host, Yesenia. Thank you guys for returning. If you've been on this journey with us and have listened to Growing Through Grief Part 1 and 2, we appreciate you and thank you for being on this uh, ride. It's not an easy ride to go on, but we appreciate you and we appreciate everybody who's been giving us feedback and just um, saying just nice things and how it's been helpful for them and they've identified with um, either one person or another um, in their experience with grief. So we just are grateful for you. We thank you for listening. So let's just jump into it. Uh, this is Growing Through Grief, part three, the conclusion of our three-part series um, featuring AMP, Erica, and Gus. Let's go. In my thoughts, and this is the thing, like I had been so used to suppressing all these thoughts. I had been so used to just like numbing it all, right? Like everything I could do to just not feel these things. And in that moment, I felt all of it. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so much. So I just like laid there for hours, feeling all these things, listening to this music, just like covering my head, just like not wanting to see anyone. And I was just like, oh my God, this is so much emotion. I woke up the next day and I was like, I need to go. And I left. I I went to my grandma's house. Like they had no clue what was going on with me. And I remember I was driving in the car with my mom and I like turned to my mom and I was like, I think I need to like check myself into someplace. I think I need to go to therapy or I think I need to like just go and do something to figure this shit out because I don't feel mentally sound, you know? Um, I was like, I feel like I'm crazy. Like honestly, I feel like I'm crazy because I have all these things that I haven't really like addressed. And um my mom was probably just like, okay, Mia. <laughs> like she was like, yeah. Um but like I think that that was a very much of a turning point for me where I was like, all right, you need to really like explore that, right? (laughs) You need to explore that. Um, So yeah, that's when I really started to explore these things and try to have a better understanding of like what was hurting me, what what I was doing to like really hurt myself and um, come to a better understanding. So then I feel like that was a huge turning point for myself. And then I started to change from there. So then like years passed and I was like doing the work. I was like actually listening in therapy, trying to take it in, trying to change really, really being open to it, not just being this little brat who was like, oh, you just want me to forget all the things. Because therapy is not about forgetting. Mm-hmm. It's about learning and understanding and growing, right? Like it's about, it's it's very positive. Mm-hmm. But me just being in my mindset, you're, I was like, you're a I... child, that's why. Yes. You're a child, you're thinking like, oh, they're not going to tell me shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and I'm just like stubborn. So I was like, you're yeah, not going to tell... <laughs> I was like, you're not going to tell me how to feel. Um, so yeah, so that was a pivotal moment for me. And then I think I, I like grew beyond that. I mean, I was still doing my toxic shit, you know, I was, it was the electro days. <laughs> no, I was just like, I was still learning. Um, so, uh, but I feel like the, one of the biggest turning points was for a while I was, I was good. You know, I was like, writing it out. I had grown, I had gone to therapy. I was like having a very firm grasp on like, my feelings, my emotions, and being very real with myself because I think like I spent so much time lying to myself and then I was like, nah, this is like what it is and like you need to stop lying to yourself. 
and then my brother passed and I jumped into this like, what can I do kind of mode. And then I also felt like there was so much guilt attached to my brother and my relationship that I felt like I didn't have the space to grieve my brother the way that my siblings were. Cause I was like, oh, they were closer to him. And I was not, and I was maybe not as understanding as to who he was as they were. So there was so much guilt there that I was like, I shouldn't be grieving them like they are because they have more, they should be grieving. Yeah. They have more reason to. Yeah. Right. So there was so much, um, attachment of grief on that, or sorry, not grief, um, guilt on that. And I carried a lot of that forever. And the way that I dealt with it was like, well, what can I do to be of service? And then I just suppressed everything. And I carry that for, mm -hmm, yeah, back to square one. Exactly. It's like, you're just like, oh, you did this work, but then now you're back here. Um, and for a very long time, I feel like I like faked the funk almost like I was like, oh, I'm fine. I'm fine. I would talk to Yessie. I would talk to everybody, you know, and be like, oh, you know, I'm good. We're good. Um, most of my pain was like rooted in like seeing my family deal with these things, especially like my siblings. I'm the oldest sibling. So I feel like I should have been like able to like carry this. And like, I was just like, I didn't really know how to process it. So for the longest time, you know, I went about my ways. We dealt with, um, my brother passing and then my sister-in-law and my family was going through the grieving process forever. Mostly like me seeing my mom and me just like not understanding why my family unit wasn't like growing or like, I don't want to say like happy again, but almost like I was just like, oh, well, like, I don't know. I feel different. Why don't you? But it wasn't like I was happy. It was just like, I was suppressing it. You know, I was like masking it. I was numbing it. And I told a close friend of mine, I was like, you know, I don't think that I'm truly like, like healed. I think I'm like suppressing all of this. I think I'm like just holding it all in and I'm just like putting on this really happy face and like being like, oh, I'm good. We're, we're fine. We're fine. Right. Like we're fine is like my thing for the longest time. Mm -hmm. And I was like, you know, I know this sounds crazy and I don't want anyone to think that I need like a drug to do this, but like, I know myself and I know how much I am like, like trying to always be a rock, but I feel like delving into mushrooms again seems like a very like good thing for me. Like, I feel like I just like need to take some mushrooms to help me drop that wall because I'm really good at putting it up. And I think they'll help me like smooth it over. Right. Like just like drop it a little bit. And I told him my exact words were, I think I just need to take a little bit of mushrooms and cry because like I had prided myself on so, for so long on like not crying. That was my thing. You, you know that, Yessie. I was like, I don't even cry. Like, I don't know why you bitches are crying over this movie. Like, oh my God, you guys are weak. But like, that's not a cool thing. It's, it's whack to be like, oh, I don't feel emotion. That's fucking whack. Um, so I had said like, you know, I need to cry. We go to Palm Springs for a homegirl's birthday. We end up doing mushrooms. And I told everyone, I was like, yo, I think I need to cry. And when I do, just let me cry. Like, don't worry about me. Leave me alone. Shit's about to get fucking <laughs> Exactly. Weird. I was like, shit's going to get weird, but I'm fine. And I had told a couple of the homies that I told them that as a group, but I think there was people there who weren't on mushrooms. Yeah. And so they didn't really understand it. So they were worried. And luckily, like some of the homies understood it. So like, it was cool. We were cool in the pool and it was a good time. And then it like turned and I was like, this is it. This is the moment that I've been waiting for that I know is going to come. Not to say that I needed a drug to help me feel emotion, but also like I built up a wall so high and so tall and so strong that I needed something to crack that shit down. And I knew what it was. So the homegirl knew, like a few of the homies knew, once it started turning, I was like, yo, I'm going to go and sit in this tub and just let me cry. And I was very like aware. I was like, yo, 
I just know I need to cry and I'm probably not going to do it on my own. Like, just let me just go cry. She is like, cool. The homegirl goes with me in the bathroom and she's like, I'm going to sit here. I have water. You just cry. I sit in a tub and I look down this drain and the drains like the regular drain to the tub. And I'm like looking down it. And I was just like, yo, this drain like drains into like whatever it drains into. And like, it's just, it's just a funnel, right. Of like water and like waste. And I was like, just let it go, bitch. Just like, let it go. Mind you, I'm like a mushroom. So it's like, it's intensified. And like, I'm just like, let it go. I cry for three hours in this tub. (laughs) There's like this plastic mat in the tub and I like pull it out. And I was like, I don't want this plastic shit in here because I'm extra. (laughs) And I like threw it out. And the homegirl's like, all right, girl, cool. And she was just like sitting on the toilet with me. She's like, I have water, whatever. And I'm like, Misha, just let me cry. Just let me cry. She's like, okay. For three hours, I cry. Like, ugly, bawling, like, (gasps) like, the depths of my soul, like, ugly face, Kim Kardashian, (laughs) like, you can't breathe, cry. And I don't cry like that, and um, I needed that shit so much, yo. It was the biggest release ever. I cried it out. At one point, at the end, I was like, all right, we did that. I got up, I took a shower, I did my little skincare routine, (laughs) I took a nap for a few hours, I drank some water, I came out, my body felt so loose, and I was like, you let that go. I came out, I hugged everyone, I was like, I love you. Like, and you know, that's not for everyone. That's probably not how you guys cope. But like, I know I build intense ass walls and I operate in extremes, and that was the extreme I needed to help me break through that because I had built that up so much. And since then, like I have come to this like understanding of like loss is a part of life, you know? Like if there's anything we could count on, it's that life is going to do what life does. And it's going to give us these amazing things, right? We're going to meet people. We're going to fall in love. We're going to have babies. We're going to make memories, but also we're going to lose things. Mm. And like, once you accept that, not to say it's going to be easy because it's not right. But like, the good isn't as good without the bad. And like, that's one thing I've come to understand is like, I have lost things on such an intense scale that I'm just like, you have to accept it. I mean, saying that, it seems so like generalized, right? I can't be like, oh, you know, you just have to accept loss because if I like lose someone tomorrow who I really fucking care about, I'm going to look back at this and be like, you are a dumb bitch. But like, no, truly, like that's just like a part of life is like you have to accept that that's just what it is. And I've really come to understand that. And the bigger picture is that you live more in the present. You accept everything and like really, truly just like appreciate it. Like that's true. you got to fucking appreciate it. I think we, we live so much of like, like, oh, this is just this and we have to do this. I'm a fast paced person. I'm just like, we go, go, go. But like, you have to really like appreciate all of it because at any moment it's, it's gone. That's true. I know. I think that now I look at like moments with my friends or family and I'm just like, damn, this is tight. Like, I just, Mm -hmm. I just want to appreciate this right now because God knows what tomorrow is going to bring you. Like, you just Mm -hmm. don't know, you know, when you're going to have that again or if you'll ever have that again, you know, and yeah, appreciating it. But girl, three hour cry. It was Dang, girl, Honestly. releasing it. I think I remember you telling me you, yeah. f- you felt good. You're just like, I feel good. My body felt like I had like a full on like deep tissue massage. <laughs> yeah. My bot, my, my shoulders dropped. Like my face felt like, like everything just was like 
good. And like I prayed that night too. I came out, I sat on the patio and I prayed and I was just so much more grateful because mm-hmm. you don't carry that weight anymore. Mm-hmm. And I mean like you can do that in so many ways. You can go to church, you can yeah. you know, you can meditate. There's so many different ways you can do that, but for me, again, I operate in extremes and that's what I did and it worked for me. And I am an advocate to the power of mushrooms cuz <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they say that you carry trauma in your body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So whenever you release, if you feel your body loosening up and feeling less tense, that's real. Sometimes people say, like, I feel good mentally, but my body's reacting. Like, why is my body reacting? Your body's reacting to a trauma that happened years ago. But that's because your body don't know what to do with it. Yeah. So it's just, like, tensed up. That's a real thing. Your body has a mind of its own and it remembers trauma in a different way. So releasing that is also good. Any final thoughts as we start to wrap things up? Um, I know some of the things that I thought about, um, things that we kind of said over the past year and a half, um, like one of the things that we talked about early on is this is a new normal. There's Mm. never going to be like, the old life before that person, yeah. like that, that you, you, you'll never have that back. And this is just a new normal that you're going to have to accept. And, and you have, to, and then the other thing that we said, you know, learned and that I, I try to talk to other people about that are going through something is just like, just take it one day at a time. Mm-hmm. Just like, if you need to take it an hour at a time, take it an hour at a time, but like, don't look f- far ahead and get overwhelmed because it's mm-hmm. really hard. And also it's really hard to look at like, look at things like that because you feel like you're getting away from it, right, Amph? Um, mm-hmm. But something that you, I think that was something that you were talking about or that you thought about. <clears throat> yeah, um, for me, it hit like three months later after my sister's passing that I wanted to go back to that week that monday with the blankets you know i wanted the blankets back on the lawn i wanted everyone at my mom's house i wanted that feeling again because it made me feel closer to my sister yeah like pain like the phone call led to the pain Mm -hmm. and then that pain remember reminds me of my sister yeah so it's like i feel close like i was like i felt close to her when i was in pain yeah because i was so close to that phone call because five hours before that phone call i heard her in the background Mm -hmm. at that five o'clock call yeah so like when three or four months went by i'm like i'm getting further away from november 10th Mm -hmm. and i don't want that to happen I want to be closer to November 10th, which is impossible. I can't go back in time. Yeah. And I think that's it's something that I really realize within myself. I've never really talked about it with anybody. And I don't know if anyone else, but I'm sure someone else in the, the world has felt that. But that's just how I felt. And it's not because someone told me that or it's not because I heard it in a song or anything. It was just like some real shit that I was like, so real shit I was feeling I was like man like now it's February 10th and I just walked out of my therapy session I talked about my sister but like tomorrow's February 11th like Mm -hmm. I'm getting further away from that that 10 you know and 
even though how much it hurt, how sad it was and how painful it was, like I was like, I want to be in it. Mm-hmm. I, that you feeling, did. I wanted to be in it because it reminded me of her. You, you would want to drink on the weekends and be in that. Mm-hmm. Like that's another part that was scary for me to see is that like you wanted to be in that. And I'm just like, don't like, do you want to get out of that? You didn't. Cause, no. but now I understand why, because you wanted to be close to your sister. Yeah. I wanted to feel pain. Yeah. I want, I did not want to be okay. Cause I was like, if I'm okay, then I moved on. Yeah. Like I left, I left November 10th in my, in my review. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It's like making Brody in therapy. Like if I take this therapy and let it resonate and I accept it, then it means like I've forgotten, right? Yeah, exactly. So but accepting it doesn't mean that you're letting it go <laughs> or you care less about the person. You know, accepting it is it's growing, you know? Mm-hmm. Admitting, you know, weakness isn't, isn't you know. Weak? Weak, I guess, yeah. It's, it's growth, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah, I, I see that now, but, like, just in the midst of the storm, yeah, you're, in a, you're, you're not, yeah, you're just, like, bro, like, I want to go back. No one can tell me nothing. Yeah. The whole thing's a blurred reality, too. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, there's no, you can't gauge, like, what's real and what's not, because everything that you knew is completely blown out. Like, you're upside just, like, down, yeah, yeah, exactly. Because I think it is, like, like, the reality of it is, like, like the shock, you know, mm-hmm. and then within that shock, you have the blankets out and you have the the love and you have the comfort. And then like you're planning the funeral and then the funeral comes and it's a based about that person. So it's like a celebration of life for that person. And then after the funeral, it's like, yo, you back to work, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. like you go back to work. There's 200 emails like you're back at it. You're trying to get back in the groove of things. And then. You're going to therapy, and then I think, like, then it was, like, boom. Like, no. Like, fuck. Like, why am I back to work? Like, why am I trying to, like, heal myself? Like, no, let's go back. Let's go back. Because yeah. I felt close yeah. to yeah. my sister when I was I think in a lot of people pit. feel like that. I think like a lot of people feel And like I that. think it just, it goes, it, and then when you want to really think about it, and this is one of the last things I want to bring up, is that, like, the microwave effect. Yeah. You know, it's like, yo, you got some old pizza, throw in the microwave for 30 seconds, you straight, and you're eating some good pizza again. Yeah. But with life, it's like you can't microwave feelings, you can't microwave emotions, and just be like, oh, I want to skip all this. Like, I want to just be good. Like, I want to just jump step, step, steps in these hurdles. Because if you really think about it, it's like being an adult, Checking in with your mental health, dealing with things that you want to go through. It's like at that point in my life when I lost my sister, I was like, I was losing my sister. I was having hard talks with my family. Um, I was dealing with work. I was going to therapy. I was going to premarital counseling with Yesenia because we were engaged. Mm -hmm. I was like, why do I have to do all this stuff? Like, I don't want to do it. Like, and then, but it's like. It's like, I don't, like, I want to do it, but like, why do, like, why, like, why am I at this point in my life where I have to do all of these things just, just to be to straight? Be, yeah. And it's like, but that's just being honest. Yeah. You know, it's. You were being tested is what it was. I was being tested, but I think it's just like, I didn't, 
it's not that I didn't want to be in premarital counseling because I didn't care about my marriage. It's not that I didn't want to be in therapy because I didn't want to be good. It's not that I didn't want to be in church because I don't believe in God. It's no gun to my head, but at the end of the day, my schedule was like, I'm doing a lot mm-hmm. and I'm still hurting a lot, but I got to always remember that I'm doing it because there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, I can't deal with my sister's death and just be like, oh, that's it. Like, like uh, there's no tools. There's no toolbox. Like nothing is like arm in arm's reach. Yeah, you know, and it, and it, there's no there's no guidebook to it. There is no guidebook, but there's definitely things that you could do. Death for dummies. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, there's but there's but there is there is things that you could do to better yourself. Yeah, and it's like okay, like if you want to be a victim and just be on an island by yourself, mm-hmm. like that island of sadness, like yo, you're gonna be there. But there, there's a rescue boat that's going to take you to where you need to be. And then there, those tools are going to be there right when you land to get better. Mm-hmm. At the moment, you don't you don't see that at the moment. And you, you don't see all the stuff that you're going through. And you don't see you don't realize that you're not present. That, that goes back to that. And it's like, especially for you, too. Like, you know, it's like the saying, like, to whom much is given, like much is tested, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, mm-hmm. you know, you had a lot thrown at you, mm-hmm. you know. And it's just it's not on your time. It's on the time the universe gives it to you. No, that's facts. And I think that, it, like I said, it could have been worse going back to that. Because it's like, now I was ready to go to therapy. I was ready to go to pre-marriage counseling. I was ready to go back to church. I was ready to have those hard talks with family yeah. about, you know, the aftermath of what happened. Um, so it was just like, non- it's just nonstop. You know, yeah. it's just like, you can't skip like every step and everything that I just mentioned. Like you can't skip those. You, yeah. you can't microwave that. And I mean, like, if you could, you can skip them, but you you're can, not. You're, but you're not, not going to be, be straight healed. And it's just like, you're and I'm not a perfect a person right. because all of that. You ever put pizza in a pan and fried it? It's way better than putting it in a microwave. Like it's worth the extra time to preheat it in an oven or a pan, other than throwing it in the <laughs> microwave. What we do. That's what we do. Honestly, at the end of the day, you just gotta trust the process. A few extra minutes is worth it. Like, yeah, but I don't want to sit here and be like, "Oh, all of that sucked to get where I'm at." No, it didn't suck. I'm thankful for the counseling, for the marriage, and the counseling that I get. Um, just from, for me personally, I'm thankful for the conversations that I had. I'm thankful for the church that allowed me to be there. I'm not saying like, dang, all this is boring. This all sucks. No, all of it is amazing, but it does fill up your agenda and it does feel like there is a lot of things that you have to conquer to like at Like you least already have a lot on your plate and I good. got more. Exactly. Yeah. And there's no half stepping. Um, you just got to go full force and you just got to go <laughs> for it. And thank God for all of these resources that are available for us to be good because like at the end of the day I sit here just because I mentioned all that stuff I'm not perfect you know I still grieve I still go through no one is yeah no no one is perfect perfect. but with all that being said you're not perfect but you're still not your mistakes either Mm -hmm. exactly and that's just one thing that I wanted to you know put my finger on and talk about is like the microwave effect that you know you can't go through it doesn't mean that 
you have to lose somebody to have a microwave effect. It could be any type of loss, career, career or a relationship or anything. And like, you can't microwave your feelings and make them better or your life. You got to take Why do you think marriages fail when you get married after a month? Because you're microwaving it. That's fact. So I just wanted to speak on that because that's something that I heard from Devon Franklin. And I was like, wow, that's amazing because... I saw myself saying that out loud to my yeah. brother. Um, man, it just, like, but it's like something to laugh about because it's not that serious. But it's like, man, like I'm older now and I'm going through all this shit. Like, man, I got to go through this counseling and I got to go to that counseling. And then like I'm talking, I'm going to the church and then like I'm talking to this person about like this hard thing. And then I'm going to work. It's like, bro, there's a lot going on, you know, but, but you're doing the work. But we're doing the work. Yes. We're doing the work. So I think you just got to do but- it. I'm I'm just proud of you for doing the work because I know a lot of people don't do the work. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's they, hard. They hear the word counseling, they're like, "Oh shit, no! Am I that? Am I that fucking far gone to need counseling?" You don't even have. That's so bad. No, but that's, what, that's what that's what people. It's just pers- look, that's, what how that's people human. It. You're just human. We all got our shit. Like it's not being far gone. It's just like I am a human. I've been through things, and I need someone to help me understand and give me perspective on it to help me to deal with it. It's not even being like, I'm... It's no, like, that's that's how people, that's how people view it. it. Yeah. You know? They're like, I'm that far gone. I'm crazy. Because I was like that at one point. Yeah. My mom's like, when are you going to stop going to therapy? Aren't you good already? <laughs> I'm like, mom. It's like, it's Martha. seriously... Marta. Mm-hmm. It's like, seriously, maintenance on your car is maintenance on your, yes. in your mind. It's like changing the oil. Like, that's I exactly like, what I like that, that is. that you could always always know that your mind could use a rewire yes and we're we're continuously growing we're continuously growing that's the thing like there's never gonna come a point where we're like yes i got it all figured out i'm good i don't have to Mm -hmm. learn anymore i don't have to like take anything else in like nah if you ever hit that point where you're just like i'm good i don't need to learn anything else like god's gonna humble you that's sad that's fucking sad because if you're not growing you're what you're dead. Stagnant. And back to the whole thing. Like, no, like you should continuously be striving to understand and grow. Like that's the end. Sorry, not to cut you off, but like that's the whole thing that like losing someone teaches you, right? Is that like you have this new zest for life. You have a new understanding of the fact that like life is very precious, time is very precious, mm. and like you never know what's gonna happen. So you appreciate everything in such a like hypersensitive way almost because you're just like I understand what it's like to wake up one day and your whole entire life be shook because someone who was there is not there anymore that's true um yeah I really like needed to hear this when I um I listened to this podcast it's a skateboard podcast it's pretty popular it's called the nine club but they had this one pro skater on there named Jimmy Grecky and I didn't listen to his old episode, his whole episode. I just like started it and I got like hella busy with work. But he said something that I really needed to hear in the first five minutes that I pressed play was, and it wasn't, it's, it's a skateboard podcast. He's not talking about grief or anything, but they're talking about COVID. And he's just like, yeah, during COVID, like I thought of someone. And after that thought, I told myself, like, I'm not going to continue my day without hitting that person. Mm. Tight. And I was like, Damn. And then I was like, when I got, he, he hit that. And I was like, well, that's all I needed to hear because I got to get back to work. And I hit up my homie Daniel. Like, I thought about him that day. Yeah. I heard that. And I was like, I text him. I was like, yo, Daniel, what's up? And he's like, yo, bro, what's up? Like, how you been? Like, how's marriage? I was like, dude, like, I just wanted to tap in with him because it's like, 
I could do that all day. Like, oh, like, dang, think about Furlong or think about Jarrell or, like, my close homies. But, like, don't say, like, just, and then it ends there. So it's like, what what with you, like, life is so short. Like, if you think about somebody, like, just shoot them a text. Like, you know, give them a call. Like, just show up for your boys or your girls. A text message goes a long way when you're just like, hey, I just want to know I'm thinking of you. I hope you have a good day. Yeah. Damn. I think the both of you really, like, live by that. I, you especially, we talked about this in the last episode. Like, you'll just shoot a text sometimes, and I'm like, oh, this feels like filling away. But, like, no, it's just, like, really you. You're just mm. like, hey, what's good? You good? Like, yes, yeah, and I see you doing that, too. I mean, we talk all the time. I that. learned that from him. Yeah. You sent me money for coffee one day. You're like, hey, go get a coffee. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> like, we talk all the time, but just little things, and I'm like, oh, this is, like, a different type of just, like, showing up, you know? Not that, like... I need you to send me money for coffee, but just like you had a, a thought and you were like, oh, let me just like pay this forward kind of thing. Like, but I feel like I, like I learned that. that from both of you guys because I feel like you're like that too. Like you're very generous and loving with your friends. And like when you have generous and loving friends that are just like think of you like that, it makes you want to think of them because I, I don't feel like I, I didn't grow up with family that was just like, oh, hit up a friend and like, like just be there for somebody like they're fucking Mexican. They're just like. What the fuck's going on with them? But I think you, ¿Qué pasó, mija? I think as much as you're saying you didn't, you did because you were talking earlier about how your mom shows up for oh, people yeah. at their, like, if someone loses something. When something goes down, yes. she will show up. Yeah, so your mom might not show up in such a, like, strong way that's, like, right up front, but she does show up when necessary. Yes. Shout out to Marta. I love her. Marta's the best, even though she's crazy. Esa, esa loca. Yeah, she but calls with, COVID Kobe. With all that, with all that being said, with all that being said, um, if you're listening, don't don't hesitate to reach out to any four of us. If you're going through anything, mm-hmm. um, you could shoot us a DM. You could be an anonymous. Um, just let us know, like, if you're really going through something you want to talk, you can jump on the phone with us, even if though we're not that close, like, you know, there's nothing. Listen, if I've learned anything through this, I really learned that this, you know, tragedy, tragedy, why can't I say that word today? Tragedy just really makes it so that you can be prepared for whoever else is going through something like that. Just like Amph said, and I know that I have reached out to some people that have gone through something and I'm just like, listen, I don't know exactly what to say, like I said before, but like, I'm here for you and I'll tell you some of the things that I've learned and I will send you, you know, Zoe messages to try to be encouraging and I will, whatever it is, like, let's go get dinner. Like the other day we had dinner with a friend who, who their dad just passed away from COVID, you know, like whatever it is, like I want to show up and I know that for sure, for sure, all of this wasn't for for nothing. I know that we definitely have gone through this to be there for people and to to just help them manage this because a lot of people don't know what the heck they're going to go through or what they're facing and they don't have the same support that we had. Like the support that we had was ridiculous. Like the love that Becca had is ridiculous, you know? And not everybody has that. So like if I can be the one one of the one of the people that can give that support, even if I'm not close to you, like I'm gonna hit you and I'm gonna tell you I'm I'm gonna pray for you for real. Like me and F gonna pray for you. If we say we're praying for you, just know we pray, we prayed for you. Yeah, for and real, I think real. that's one major thing. Like if we could take anything out of this would be this main thing for me, is that I didn't go through all this loss mm. to get nothing. Yes. Like, I didn't get all this pain, all this hurt to be like, oh, I didn't get nothing out of it. Mm -hmm. Like, all I got was, like, hatred 
over here with this family member, with myself and this grief. Like, no, I'm taking every beautiful, good thing I could to take out of it because every setback is a comeback. Let's go. You know what I'm saying? Like we were talking the back, the, 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 your back is against the ropes, but you know, the round ain't over. Like we really making comebacks. We're really taking the best out of this because we're not going to stay in that pit. And we're here for everybody. We're here. We got to continue to be here for ourselves mm-hmm. first and foremost. But mm-hmm. we are here for others. And uh, yeah, man, we love you guys. And uh, yeah, thank you guys for this being on this three hour journey with us. <laughs> Is there anything y'all want to add? Uh, just going off of what Am said, I think like the one of the best ways to like carry on the memory of the people we lost is to just like live life, like live it to the fullest, live it in their memory, live it for our future, live it for our families, our friends. Like, like you said, you know, it's not for nothing. All this pain is not for nothing. This pain is so that we can grow and that we can help other people grow Mm -hmm. and that we can carry on their memory in whatever way, shape or form we can. And also so that we can be more present with our families and the people who are still here. I think, um, I was telling you guys, I watched this Netflix thing that app had sent me and the guy was saying like, uh, loss is one of the like sparks that makes you like really truly be in the moment. And it gives you like a zest for life. Right. Because when you lose something, you're like, damn, like anything could be lost at any moment. So I'm just going to like live a more abundant and just like fruitful life. Um, and that's like all you really can do because you never know. Like none of us never know. None of us ever expected any of these things. And here we are after all of it, trying to thrive, trying to survive and trying to help any of you through whatever we can in whatever way, because that's just life. And we got to help each other, talk to each other, continue the conversation and just like live. Mm -hmm. Amen, sister. Amen, Um, sister. No, if I would to say something, it'd be just don't be afraid to. I'm afraid to ask for help. Yeah. Um. Not that I was afraid to ask for help for a long time. I just, like I what told Amp, I was just stuck on that island. Like I didn't want, mm-hmm. I didn't want to bring anybody down with me. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to, you know, burden anybody with my thoughts and and my problems. Um. But at the same time, like I wasn't getting any better. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, it took like what four four deaths and a and a birth to like kind of like shake the shit out of me like yo yeah you were doing something with your life before the first speed bump yeah and it's, it's been like five years now like where you at like what are you doing you know mm-hmm. and you don't want to you don't want to get to that point you don't want to get to the point where it's like five years later and like well, you, well there's that <laughs> yeah the fuck did i do with my life you know because another five years can come on quick next year that's, that's 10 right there mm. you know so it's like, don't be afraid to like, to reach out. Yeah. Know? Even like I said, family, friends, or even fucking like professional help. Like, yes, it just, it's, it's a heavy burden and it's not something yeah. that you have to carry on your own. There's you know? a reason why people like go to school for this shit. No, it's To help true. you because really it's such a big out. thing, right? Yeah, you know, people are so, so, uh, I think it's just a shame and just. And it's just like society makes tells you like if you go to therapy or you need help like you're tripping like mm-hmm. you should be able to handle, handle it especially latinos like go to church pray about it and oh you'll be done. fine yeah. 
It's like that's not the way life works, man. You got a broken heart, just throw it in rice. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be okay, you know? It don't work that way. I'm just like, God made the therapists. He, he made self <laughs> Go to cha-cha. So, dang, we really dove in deep on all of that. I'm like, damn. Let's jump into the next segment. Let's jump into our listener questions. Uh, what? All right, since we really dove very deep, we are just limiting this into three um, listener questions slash experiences. Um, and so the first question comes from Lucy. She asked, how can I best support a friend who lost a father and her mom who lost her husband of 30 plus years? I think the way you could support a friend that lost a father and also be there for their mother is um, just like how we kind of said, just like showing up, you know, um, allowing room for them to talk about it. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of times um, more so for friends of friend, like a friend being there for a friend that lost a loved one. um, You kind of I feel like friends go to like, oh, let me take your mind off of it. Mm. Like, oh, let's talk about like current events or like what's going on with so-and-so like they they feel like they do you a justice by like taking your mind off of it but like on the other side of the wall it's like being the friend that lost the father and also the mother that lost a husband it's like you kind of want to talk about it like even though it's hard like it helps talking about the loved one that got lost so i think like supporting a friend like um, supporting a friend, like, don't always move to, like, oh, I want to get it, like, get it off their chest, like, a certain way, like, a different way. Like, let's let's distract them, you know? Before making the decision that you want to distract them from what is really going on, maybe ask them. Yeah. Um, maybe ask them, like, hey, like, do you want to talk about it or do we could talk about something else? Because yeah. I think the one thing that people go to, it's, like just distracting yeah. and they don't do they it. Feel awkward. They, they feel awkward and they don't do it on purpose. Yeah. But I think it does more damage of you ignoring the fact that what's going Facts. on in, instead of being like, yo, like we could talk that talk and I'll be there for you. Dump it, dump. Um, so yeah, don't you want to support somebody? Don't ignore what's going on. Um, just be there. Just be there. Just like, be there. Just have those talks with them. Just be there. And if they are willing to get some type of distraction, that is a good thing as well. Yeah. I'm not saying let's dwell and drown in the sorrow. Take them somewhere that they could just go catch a vibe and get out of there. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe get a meal, bring them some food. But definitely be willing to have those talks. And um, that's how you could support somebody that's going through a hard time. I love that. Facts. All right. Can you pick it up? All right. So two people shared their experiences. Thank you guys. First of all, thank you guys all just for sharing anything and being vulnerable because that takes a lot. Um, Bree shared her experience. She said, I lost my dad a few years ago and he was my best friend. Grief is something that that can take a toll on you. My dad and I listened to to the Beatles music when I was growing up. For me, listening to that helps me heal. Brie, um, Yesenia sent me this screenshot of your experience earlier, and right away as I read it, I was like, 
I want to speak to her. Um, I think that that is so special that you and your father shared that bond with the music, especially the Beatles, because it's the Beatles and Mm -hmm. that's just greatness. Um, And I think that that's definitely something worth holding on to. I think that any time from here unto forever that you hear the Beatles, it's always going to take you back to that feeling and that place that you shared with him. Um, And I think that that's something that you should cling to. And um, I feel like that is a bond that the two of you will always and forever have. And that's so special. Um, And I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Uh, For me personally, music is such a um, very powerful and special thing, especially with my dad as well. Like there's certain songs I hear that I'm just like, oh my gosh, I'll be in certain places. And if I hear one specific song, and it's this song that I shared with my father. I know I'm in the right place at the right time. And I feel very, very powerful about that. And I think that that's something you should hold on to. I think that God and the universe give us little messages. And I think music is a part of that. Um, so I love that you shared that with him. And I love that it's so healing for you because I really feel like part of the power of music is that is it, it, it is that it is healing. Um, and that's a bond that the two of you have that like no one can ever take away from you. And I'm sure that there's a feeling that comes with that, that you can't even describe. Um, so I'm glad you have that. And I, I'm so thankful for you for sharing that with us. And I really felt that personally reading that and, um, I am praying for you in your healing and, um, I'm really glad that you have that to hold on to. So thank you for sharing that with us. So also Amy, Amy Junit, a friend of all of ours, wrote in um, and she shared this experience. She said, both my parents are currently going through health issues at the same time. As an only child, I know it's inevitable that they will both be physically gone one day, but I currently grieve about what they will miss. I remain positive and have my faith, but this is the biggest fear I have and know that no matter how much I prepare or want to be ready, there is no proper way to experience loss or grief because the grief and loss I have experienced and so far in my 29 years is all different from, from one another. Um, yeah, it's always, it's always going to be different. Um, every situation is going to be different, but the thing is too, you got to find... Um, you got to find the beauty and the chaos with this situation because you're able to find your peace. You're able to um, get the closure. You're able to prepare yourself for the inevitable um, because we all, we all go. You know, we we all have our our time to go. So you have this blessing of time. You don't. I mean, you don't know how much time you have, but you have the time still mm-hmm. to to make your peace and say your your you know what you have to get off your chest and 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 accept it. And the thing is, you're you're not an only child. Like you've been riding with me for God knows hey, how long. Let's go. And you've been riding with Amp and and Becca for God knows how long. Like you have us. Um, You're not an only child. So, you know, just keep your head up and keep moving forward. And we got you. And we got you. Shout out, Amy. We love you. Let's go. Thank you guys so much for just sharing um, vulnerable topic. This is a vulnerable topic. So thank you guys for your questions and your experiences and... um, yeah, we, we appreciate you guys so much. Let's jump into the next segment. Yo, talk that talk. So, um, current events. I mean, by the time this podcast comes out, 
Um, it's going to be a minute. But the first thing I wanted to talk about was Last Chance You Basketball. Is mine, was mine and Anthony's favorite show for a week. We binged it. Oh, man. Yeah, eight episodes. I wish it was so much longer. It was crazy. It's like it the was, best show ever. It was good. I like how it was like L.A., I.E., South Central, everybody. It's tight to see IE talent. It's tight to see just young men of color who are given another chance to do what they like. Like they were blessed with these talents. Like a lot of people get one opportunity and then it's over. And it's just beautiful to see like a coach who really cares, who like is doing this not because of money, but because he like loves this. Mm. He's like passionate. He wants to help these young men. Like the pressure, like you see the stress that he has, but the reason why he's so stressed is because he's like, I want to get these kids the best possible scholarship. Like I want them to succeed. And I'm afraid that if, if I don't help them get this opportunity, they're going to end up on the streets or something bad's going to happen. And he just carries that weight. And it's just, it's like beautiful and like sad to see that he just carries that weight, but he's just like, he like is so passionate. Shout out to coach. Mostly. Yeah, I don't want to give like too, like because if I say like anything gives too much, like if yeah. you haven't seen it, because there's like so much you could just say really easily that gives away from it. But I think this is one of the best Netflix documentaries, docu series, docu series we've seen in a long time. Yeah, because it really feels like a movie. Yeah, like you can't you can't like plan true. this like. What happened and how the re- the emotions and everything like you it was like a real life movie, but it's funny because it was real life. Yeah, but I just feel like the characters in the show were just shine so bright, like yes. Joe and um, KJ and Deshaun and like everybody. Let's and it, go! And I just love the fact like how the coach had so many quotes, like you could quote and you could learn from this. Yeah. Not being a basketball player, just but just being a person in real being life, you could being. like really gain from this. Um, yeah, we recommend it to everybody from the coach. Yeah, and, and I just I, I just like to like how <laughs> the coach was like, we are a basketball team. All of us are African American. Wait, and we got Mark. <laughs> There's one white dude white on the team, <laughs> <laughs> and they just panned to what Mark. But and he's uh, just like, what's up? <laughs> he's cool, but it's dope. Like people of color, um, just being on that that level of like Netflix and like they're from the high E and they're from LA and Drake snapping it and like yeah. they're getting all this love and they're on the complex like and podcast they've been through and some like, sh- like and, those and, boys have been through a this lot is, of this stuff. Is, this is one thing I want to say that won't spoil anything. It's the fact that like these kids are at a community college broke, like asking mom, yo, I'm at the taco stand. I'm up next. I don't want to be embarrassed. Could you send me five bucks? Like Honda Civics all messed up and (laughs) eating top ramen at like their apartment, like living it rough, but have so much talent. So like going from that and then going. So going from that life, like that heshness, like it's kind of like a like a skater, like you're just like you just got sponsored and everything, but then like you go to rags to riches, yeah. Like you don't think like J.R. Smith or like all those dudes, like those fools probably have the same like story, like the come up story, and yeah. it's just dope for them to be like, man, I see this kid right now and he's heshing it out, but he's One gonna day. be straight. 
put on for his family. He's going to be in a good spot. So it's cool because yeah. like, I think that humbles them because they're not born with a golden spoon. They're born with talent and yeah. they're working towards making that talent like go further for them. And yeah. it's just, it's a beautiful thing. And um, yeah, it's awesome. Last thing I'm going to say about the whole show is I just love how the coach is like, this is my ministry. He's like to be here for these kids and to, it's not about coaching at the end of the day. It's not about basketball. It's just about being there for these young men who maybe have a dad, maybe don't have a dad, or have not been dealt the greatest hand and just like just not ever giving up on them. You know, um, the window of opportunity is really small for these guys. And a lot of times when that window's shut, it's over. And he's trying to create an, a, a bigger window of opportunity for for these kids. And it's just beautiful to see somebody and not give up, you know. Even when the kids are little fuckers, he's like, I'm not going to give up. Every other person has given up on this person. I'm not going to give up. And it's just beautiful to see. So I'll let us see it. Watch see it. it. Shout out to Elac. Shout, shout out to the Huskies. <laughs> shout out to Riverside. <laughs> okay. Um, shout out to the IE, all the, all the players in the IE. Last thing we want to talk about is um, Rest in Paradise, DMX. Anything y'all want to say? I don't know. It just uh, To be honest, I'm not, I don't want to, to go there. It just kind of bugs me sometimes that it takes someone's passing to like give them their flowers. Because yeah, like DMX is just a legend. Like yeah. just, He always had the energy. He just always came properly. I think I was like in middle school and like when... Not even middle school, like freshman year, like when G Unit was popping and everybody had chains. I think I just bought a bootleg DMX chain, <laughs> and I, I, I had a. I'm, I'm a, I'm a, a post. I'm a were post you a rough it. rider? I'm a post it on Instagram. Were you a, a rough rider? On a throwback, <laughs> throwback Thursday <laughs> with my Fat Farm shirt, you know That's what I'm saying? Right. Like with my with my uh, Rockaway shoes. Oh, you got red um, jeans on? No. <laughs> But I'm, what I'm saying is, like, I just it, it just it bugs me that people, you know, they don't get their flowers until after the fact. And you watch all these all these clips that people are posting now and all the stuff that, you know, they're praising him for. And even even with uh, the Woodstock, like, he, oh, that's, yeah. that's an epic. Like, you remember perf- when, that's epic the, when DMX uh, performed for the whole DMX, world? You know, it's like, <laughs> it's just, it's, it's heavy. And, and not to talk too much about it, but, like, it reminds me of... The conversation we had with your brother, you know, it's like, okay, yeah, he had an overdose and people are so quick to to shame him and not give him, you know, empathy and Mm -hmm. be there for him, you know, and it's just, it's sad, you know, it's like half the world's like, well, you know, what do you expect? And the other half's like, well, you know, they feel bad for him Mm -hmm. and his family. And it's like, what he went through. And it's like, we should take the time as people to be there for people and think like, you know, damn, he he was battling demons, you know? I mean, but, drug addiction is a disease. It's not just like, yeah. you know, it's all good. And that yeah. man had a light. I mean, even just like when he would just pray, I'm like, you listen to DMX. Mm-hmm. You you close your eyes. You pray with DMX. <laughs> like you, it's just he just captured that attention. Yeah, and I I love music that gives like that rough energy and just like I don't know. I love that type of music in general. So. Like of course I woke up and I'll and well last night it was um, Anthony's friend's birthday party and they played the Rough Riders anthem so that was fun to celebrate that you know his life and just like be like yeah we like that's DMX that's like classic that's just what it is you know on the the point of DMX um, shout out our homegirl Amy 
She is like a ride or die DMX fan, just like through and through. Um, and when I learned of his passing, I automatically thought of her because mm-hmm. Amy will be the first person to be like, yo, I fuck with DMX so heavy. And as soon as I heard of his passing, I thought of her right away. So Amy, if you're out there, I'm sending you love. I know you, this is hitting you heavier than most. Um, and I love you, girl. And just um, sending condolences to his entire family and friends. Um, but also thinking of you, too, specifically. Yeah, man. Rest in peace, DMX. I think it's just so hard to, like, kind of shake that, like, news off. Yeah. You know, like, I think the last artist that, you know, that we love and, and uh, um, really fucked with was, like, MF Doom. And I think that was, like, I don't think, I know, it was December 31st when they announced his death. But MF Doom passed away on Halloween of 2020. But, yeah, man, it sucks when you hear these legends pass, you know, and it and it's just, it's just sad. And it just kind of shakes your world and it makes you just want to just play their music like yo like let's watch belly like let's mm-hmm. listen to some dmx like yeah. let's throw on like something like just like some nostalgia stuff but i yeah. really feel like how gus said it best you know like it takes mf or it takes dmx it takes like these people to give them their flowers you yeah. know i think we should always give people flowers while yeah. they're still here you know, because you just never know, like, your favorite artist. Like, that's someone's favorite artist. You know, I can't sit here and be like, yo, DMX, like, I know everything. Like, of course, like, I grew up in the 90s, Rough Riders. Like, that was the big impact. Yeah. But, um, man, give people flowers, man. Life is short. You know, we just did a three hours <laughs> about this. But rest in peace, for sure. That happened today. At, um, I think we got the news at noon. So it's been, like, 12 hours. So, yeah, rest in yeah, peace, already. DMX. Yeah, but um, prayers to his family, prayers to his friends, prayers to his big fans. Um, like we say this all the time, just keep playing the music. You know, let the families get the royalties. Like that man's energy that. is yeah. going to continue. His spirit was so just like Always. next level. You know, yeah, and, and so much energy, so much life. Yeah. Um, he's in a better place. So rest in peace, rest in paradise, for yes. sure. Yeah. I just want to say thank you guys again for being here and for being vulnerable and for sharing your experiences. I know that this is a topic that it's like necessary to have these conversations, but it's just like not an easy thing to talk about and to relive certain experiences. So I just appreciate you guys um, taking the three hours, (laughs) taking all the time to just be honest and, and, you know, write it out with me and just grateful for the fit fam, you know, um, just, just this friendship. I I love you guys and I appreciate each of you guys. Um, so yeah, thank y'all for listening. Growth Nostalgia is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Make sure that you subscribe, rate, leave it, leave a review. Link can be found on Instagram. Follow us on IG at Growth Period Nostalgia. That's G-R-O-W-T-H period N-O-S-T-A-L-G-I-A. Growth Nostalgia is recorded in Los Angeles, California. Thank y'all for listening. Hit me. Have a good one. Bye. Bye. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I don't get to say nothing. All right, y'all. We'll see you soon. Love y'all. Peace. Bye. Peace.